a ton of students come back. I've had a few students come back and say, you know, the concurrent enrollment credit was great and we were able to use that. But for every one of those, I have about two students that come back and talk about, you know, hey, I got I got a job in college because I had a SOLIDWORKS certification or I got into an advanced program in my college because of that or I got out of a class or I got made a TA in my class because I have that. So what I'm hearing from students is they tell us all the time the value of those certifications. Hi there, welcome back to the SOLIDWORKS Born to Design podcast, a collection of inspiring stories about those who create, build, invent, and engineer new ideas into actual new products. And by the way, they all use SOLIDWORKS. I'm your host, Cliff Bentling, and I wanna thank you for joining us for this episode of the Born to Design podcast, Creating Tomorrow's Innovators. Today, I'm talking with Ben Newble, who is a high school engineering technologies teacher and fab lab instructor, responsible for teaching many SOLIDWORKS student experts. Ben discusses the importance of finding an alternative to the traditional classroom environment, one with more hands-on skills training. Listen to find out what Ben has learned from teaching and growing his technology programs at Cherry Creek Schools. Let's jump right into the interview. Let's jump right in. Tell us about, you know, for those who may not know, tell us about Cherry Creek Schools and your, your tech ed program, or we call it CTE. Tell us, tell us all about what you guys are doing. So Cherry Creek School District is a school district in Metro Denver in Colorado. We're in the uh, southeast corner of the metro area. Uh, pretty large school district. We have seven different high schools, a bunch of middle schools, a uh, brand new uh, current innovation campus. Um, a lot of great things going on. I teach at Cherokee Trail High School. Um, and we're a very tight knit community where we work together to try to collaborate and sort of push each other and you know do a lot of cooperation between the different buildings to try to make our programs better. Um, we are actually all CTE schools, so um, we're very much into uh, uh, career and technical education and preparing students for the workforce of tomorrow. So, so what are the types of programs? What are the most popular programs that you guys are teaching there? What are the, what are the ones the students are most interested in? So we have a lot of stuff, like at the big range of things. We have what we teach, which is engineering technologies. Uh, we have computer science in our department, but we also have business and marketing, uh, culinary. We have uh, medical stuff. Uh, we have opportunities for students to do um, auto, and aviation maintenance. We have a lot of different opportunities, but in our particular world, we do a lot of uh, design and prototyping. Our school is one of the uh, only certified recognized fab labs in the state of Colorado. So we have a suite of tools that allow us to make almost anything. And when you combine that with the right design software, you can design and almost make anything. Right, now, now where did this all get started? When did, when did uh, your tech ed program start growing and becoming so successful. So it's, it's been around for quite some time. We had a, a gentleman that unfortunately passed away uh, last year named Gordon Young that really got things going and pushing the boundaries from you know traditional industrial arts and moving it more towards engineering education. And um, uh, he is one of our other schools, a big rival down the street called Grandview. Um, and he really started pushing and he brought SOLIDWORKS in. He started pushing and having students do senior projects. 
And from there, we, you know, we've grown, we do architecture here as well, but we've started doing a lot more of like electronics, robotics. Um, we've also started pushing students in the realm of doing internships and apprenticeships because, you know, work experience is important and not every student's necessarily going to take the traditional college route and having those opportunities to get some hands-on skills based upon, you know, the interest they find in our classrooms are extremely important. I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm glad you mentioned internships and apprenticeships. I think that's more popular in Europe, right? European countries, they mm -hmm. they have students doing more internships and apprenticeships, which is uh, seen as a great value more than it sometimes is in America. I don't know why that is, but like sometimes an apprenticeship is, is more important than a college degree in some countries um, because you have the, the hands-on knowledge. That's great. Um, so, so how many how many kids in the program now? Oh, right An now estimate. I yeah. estimate because you know numbers are already fluctuating. In our program here at Cherokee Trail, at any given time we're about three hundred to three hundred and fifty students across the program um, between uh, the engineering strand and the computer science strand. Uh, that's great. I, I, lo I love to get into some stories. I know you have probably some stories of students oh, yeah. to share and. You know, as I've always said, you know, just about every uh, high school student in America has a, a smartphone, right? But what's the percentage of them that know how they were built, how they were made, what the technology is that goes into it? So uh, we need more awareness around this. So I, I, I love stories. I'm sure there were some students that had no idea what this was about and have, and have thrived in your program. Uh, so if you had a couple stories to share, that'd be great. So, yeah, I, I definitely have a ton of stories here. Um, probably the one that sort of strikes me um, as one of our most important is uh, several years back, we had a young man um, that came in and he had some, uh, you know, unique challenges and how he dealt with people. And he was very much sort of kind of like a uh, Sheldon Cooper type on the Big Bang Theory. You know, in class, he had a spot. No one else could sit in his spot. And, you know, just dealing with other people was a little bit difficult for him. Um, he was also extremely gifted in the realm of engineering and design. Um, you know, I when I teach classes, I always have a wide range. I have students that pick things up and just run with it. And I have some students that, you know, in the middle of the night, I have some students that struggle. It takes a little bit for them to, uh, you know, figure out, you know, have things actually click. Well, this student, he was definitely um, one of the students that, you know, no matter what I threw at him, he was always, you know, pushing the pace. So we'd gotten through and he was one of our very first students to uh, get a CSWP. And like, we're like, great, awesome. I walk in, I'm talking to him one day. I'm like, hey, how, how's it going? What are you doing? He's like, well, I'm okay. I'm like, you know, just chit chatting. He's like, well, you know, not to be rude, Mr. Newell, but could you give me a minute? I'm taking a certification. I'm like, what do you mean? You already got your CSWP. It's like, you're doing sheet metal. Why are you doing sheet metal? It's like, well, can we talk later? I'm in the middle of the test right now. I'm like, okay. So I talked later. He's like, <laughs> I just had a hankering to do sheet metal. I'm like, okay. And then next thing I know, he's sitting there about a week later and he's working on doing, um, you know, surfacing. I'm like, I sit down with him, I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I want to be a CSWE. I'm like, I don't know any high school students have ever been a CSWE, but, you know, 
I'm not going to say no. Yeah, go for it. And he sat there and, you know, pushed through and became, you know, one of the first two CSWE high school students in the world. And at that point, a lot of other my students were like, well, if he can do it, I can do it. And we started having a little bit of uh, that whole thing. It's like, well, you know, hey, you know, if this is now the bar, I'm like, well, okay, yeah, I was a little surprised. That wasn't anything I was shooting for at that moment in time. But I'm like, you know what? Yeah, let's let's make this the bar now. So after that, you know, we've had a string of other students that have gone through. Um, uh, and it's sort of funny, um, he did that as a junior. Well, there's a freshman that saw him do that. And he's like, well, I want this too. So we sat there and pushed him, gave him opportunities, and he went through. And then we had another student when he eventually got his when he was a senior. Another student that was a sophomore at the time that was like, yeah, I'm doing this too. And then um, last year, I had three students all at once, same day, pass the CSWE because they're, they're just pushing for that realm of, okay, this is where the bar's been set. Here's what I want. And, you know, they spend enormous amounts of time. It's amazing high school students, you know, there's a big push that, you know, a lot of people think high school students, you know, they're lazy, they, you know, you know, they just, you know, very selfish and all that. Um, truth be told, it couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, when they get highly motivated, the means at their disposal to be able to push themselves and learn things they're interested in is truly amazing. And I think that's it. They have to find things they're interested in, right? And uh, they Absolutely. may not. Yeah, they they may not be interested in uh, uh, Shakespeare. I don't know. Shakespeare is pretty cool. But how about student? Uh, do they come back and help out and mentor other students currently? Some of these that have graduated with the CSWEs or others. So what we end up having is um, we actually have an advisory board mandated by um, because we're a CTE program. So I currently have. Um, Three of my former CSWEs that are part of my advisory board, they're out either in industry or doing internships in college um, while they're finished up college. And I have one that actually, because he had a CSWE and because he also um, went through a internship program where he got to do some work for the NSA, in high school of all things, he went wow. through an internship program for that and actually got security clearance as a uh, freshman at Colorado School of Mines because he had a CSWE and because he had a um, security clearance, um, Sierra, Sierra Nevada Corporation sort of kind of scooped him up and gave him a job as a freshman in college. Um, so wow. he's definitely on our advisory board and um, that's a definitely interesting uh, student. And he has all this stuff going on, but every once in a while he'll still uh, send me an email, hey, Mr. Nubala, Trying to figure out this in SOLIDWORKS, you have any ideas? I'm like, well, um, let me think. Um, so it's interesting to get that, but uh, no, we have some of those students come back and um, we just had a meeting last week and a uh, number of our former students volunteered to come back and do some mentorship and do some expert advising for uh, different programs we have here going on at Cherokee Trail. Oh, that's great. So they come out and even teach them, talk about other opportunities. That's, that's great. That's great. Um, so, so what are the other uh, apprenticeships um, that, that you know about or any other stories you'd like to share? So, um, you know, we, like I said, we have variety of students, variety of interests. I had one young man a couple of years ago that, um, 
you know, love doing what we did in class, you know, love designing things, love being back in the fab lab, love taking his designs and actually taking them to the laser, the mill and making them. Um, and sometimes he'd be back there making things, you know, he's supposed to be doing a class project and said he is making his own thing and, you know, would do, you know, like, well, this is what the grade is, but he was just so infused with making his own thing that um, he decided to work on that. And then I'd be like, all right, time to turn in, you know, your paperwork, turn in your stuff so I can give you a grade. And he was never much for turning in like actual anything other than he liked the physical project. And, you know, high school was a little bit hard for him just because, you know, the immediate relevance wasn't there. We gave him a uh, opportunity to try to get an apprenticeship and he got one through a uh, uh, local machine shop where he's doing was doing some CNC machining, whatnot, and actually taking those design skills and doing that. And I got a extremely nice letter from him a year or so ago. In fact, he's also on our advisory board too, basically explaining that, you know, the day I handed him that piece of paper with the internship opportunities to get this apprenticeship, that that changed his life because he wasn't sure if he was gonna actually end up, you know, you know, how he was gonna get over the finish line through high school, but not less, you know, what he was gonna do after. So just the fact that students have those opportunities that if you're just like, I need to, I need to be doing something relevant to me right now. So, you know, he's out in the world being a productive citizen, mentoring other uh, apprenticeship uh, students that come through uh, in that same company. And I mean, it's just powerful to be able to give students those opportunities that, and have them see things that they wouldn't have seen if they hadn't come through my program. That's great. I love hearing this. But to uh, get to your point in regarding the, what does it take to get great programs? Um, it often starts with having a teacher that is passionate about what we do. Um, and unfortunately right now, there's they're, they're trying to, Colorado School of Mines is trying to get a program up and going, but we don't have a traditional uh, tech ed engineering teacher prep programs in Colorado anymore. So we're having to recruit our teachers from outside state for the most part, which is unfortunate. And that's something that really needs to come back. I mean. Like I said, it starts with having a great teacher that's passionate. You know, the days of, you know, I'm going to build a birdhouse, I'm going to have students build birdhouses, and I'm going to teach the same thing for 30 years, that's gone. You have to want to innovate. You have to want to find the next thing to bring into your classroom um, to take things to another level. And the reality is um, to do a lot of things, you need to be able to find some sources of funding. You know, if you want a laser engraver, if you want a 3D printer, if you want a CNC machine in your classroom, you have to find the funding for that. But first you have to have the passion, the person that's gonna wanna learn those things and bring those in the classroom in order to be able to even go and approach people to get grants and, you know, look for machines that are, you know, affordable to be able to do that. And then once you get a couple machines in, you can build. Um, when our school started, I was the second teacher in our program. Um, we started with a 12 inch by 16 inch laser engraver. And that is the only piece of digital fabrication equipment we had. Um, at this point in time, we have three laser engravers, including a two foot by four foot one, uh, 
three CNC mills, a four foot by eight foot CNC router. Um, we just, in fact, I was just doing that before we got on. I was working with students. We have a desktop water jet cutter that we got this year. Um, we have 12 3D printers, a um, two circuit board printers. We even have a bio 3D printer. So, I mean, you know, it just takes time and looking for resources and being willing to spend your time to go put in for grants and request items to be able to build up. But, you know, it all starts with a teacher that wants to, you know, grow the program and give students opportunities and show them, you know, the possibilities of design and making. Right, right. That's great. I was just thinking when you were talking about that, it's 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 great that 3D printing has come out now and that you can buy pretty inexpensive machines, right? It's much cheaper than a five axis mill mill machine, right? <laughs> so um, I know I, I remember when I was in college and, and I was a design student, I, I went to engineering and switched over to product design, which I loved. And I just loved the vacuum form machine, simple machine, right? Yeah. And we, we would make molds out of wood or plaster and then we just drill holes in it and use the vacuum form and, and somebody donated an old sign making machine, right? For the signs that would mm -hmm. lit up behind. And, and we use that thing all the time by, by the poly, what was it? Poly form, whatever it was. And, You'd heat it up and put on, uh, do the vacuum, and it was. Uh, uh, we we got a kick out of that. So anyway, um, I know I'm going off on well, a tangent, how, but it's great. That's right. How fast things you know are changing today is just amazing. So when I was in college, I did a um, had to do a paper for my plastics class, and I did it about 3D printing and explaining it. And you know, this is something that we're going to need to explain to students so when they get out in the industry, you know, they might run into the situation where they might, you know you know, have enough money that they could get something prototype and go to, you know, a shop that happened to have, you know, half million dollar machine to prototype it for them. And then, you know, like six years into my career, we had the opportunity to actually get one. And it was like, oh, great. You know, we got it through a grant. It was a $25,000 3D printer. And, you know, it was tremendous to have, and I remember the first day we had it, uh, speaking of stories, we had it up and going, we are printing things, and a couple of our former students are, are all off doing amazing things right now. We're sitting there, and they set up chairs, and they just set their chairs in front of the thing, and I still don't, to this day, have no idea how the student pulled this off. He had a pair of sunglasses and a bag of popcorn. I don't know where he got the popcorn from. And they're sitting there just doing this. What are you guys doing? Watching the 3D printer. <laughs> they just sat there for an hour just watching it like wow that's that's so awesome you know well here we are 10 years later you know my own children were bugging me um late december because dad will you go into school and 3d print this for me because you know they uh they've been playing with a few uh you know kid friendly things including solidworks apps for kids and you know making their own little trinkets and do that so will you go print this i'm like guys i, don't, I really don't have time they're like, well, we get a 3D printer. I'm like, well, so I looked into it and ended up getting a, um, like, you know, $250, $260 3D printer for my house. And I'm like, this is amazing. Ten years time, like, it's a hundredth of the price, and it has better resolution, bigger build volume, and the only thing, it, you know, only difference is, you know, my 3D printer can honestly only really do PLA versus the original one we got could do ABS. But I mean, other than that. Like how much things far things have come and how much the prices have dropped on everything and the um, democratization of this that you know everyone has access 
with not a lot of uh, output to be able to uh, get into this type of stuff is just amazing. Right, it really is. That's a big advantage that, that wasn't around 20 years ago. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I did want to recognize Mike Puckett, who runs the uh, certification program, is is here with us today too. And, and Mike, I'm sure there's something you'd like to say or some questions you may have for Ben, because I know you guys have spent plenty of time together. So, yeah, I'm basically just been sitting here listening to all the the fantastic stories. Um, you know, I've known Ben for quite a few number of years, or quite a few years now. Um, and you guys really are probably one of the most active schools when it comes to certifications in the country, if not, probably not, if not the world. Certainly when it comes to CSWEs, you're just, you're just pumping them out of there. So right. it's, it's great to hear that, the, that these solutions or these exam certifications actually do mean something, which is something that we really concentrate on. So, um, I mean, what is, what is the job placement like with these kids? I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it's probably amazingly high. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely, you know, extremely high. It sort of depends which path students want to take. If they want to take the path where they go do an apprenticeship, you know, you know, most of those students that go down that route end up actually working long term for those apprenticeships. For our students that go to the university route, you know, we have students routinely go to Colorado School of Mines, South Dakota School of Mines, uh, University of Colorado, Colorado State, and, you know, um, rebuilding our advisory committee as you know is able to connect with a lot of those former students which was extremely helpful for me because I was able to say okay you're in industry now you know what we taught you and now you can tell me you know what things we need to do better what things are coming up there new and the nice thing is these students former students already know our program so they're able to say hey you know remember when you taught me this I'm actually using that in my job right now and you know hey did you know there's, you should add this to your lesson because it'd be very helpful. And they come back and they teach me a little bit. Yeah, and I do love the humility when you mentioned when you're asking them how you guys can do a better job after they've gone on to succeed because of what you've done. But it really is an important part of of everything really in life, and especially this kind of stuff. We we do with the exams as well is is always listening to feedback and uh, listening to you guys and and how we can make the system better and the certifications better. I've actually had the opportunity to uh, go and speak at uh, the, the Colorado School of Mines and meet the staff over there and and, and talk with them. And, and that's some pretty cool stuff they're doing over there with some of our Delmia products, um, our uh, Delmia and uh, Agiovia especially. Um, it, so are you seeing like a like an increase, you know, Cliff asked about local industry and how they they work with you guys. What have the certifications kind of, are, do they understand, does local industry really understand the certifications now and, and are they using them to look for, you know, or consider them during employment opportunities? So we do, you know, a lot of different things. So we have our students do certifications. We'll have students do, um, uh, in the past we've done concurrent enrollment through uh, our local colleges, one of our local community colleges. This next year we're actually switching to dual enrollment to uh, Metropolitan State College Denver, actually Metropolitan uh, University Denver, where I actually went to school. They uh, recently upgraded last few years from college to university. So it's interesting to have students come back and tell me stories about, you know, I was able to use the, the uh, concurrent enrollment credit or I was able to use the certification. And I've had a ton of students come back. I've had a few students come back and say, you know, the Concurrent enrollment credit was great, and we were able to use that. But 
for every one of those, I have about two students that come back and talk about, you know, hey, I got I got a job in college because I had a SOLIDWORKS certification, or I got into an advanced program in my college because of that, or I got out of a class, or I got made a TA in my class because I have that. So what I'm hearing from students is they tell us all the time the value of those certifications and that, you know, it does mean something, industry does recognize it, which, you know, is huge for us because, you know, if I'm pushing something in my classroom, it needs to be something useful for students. I don't want to push things that are going to be, you know, great, I get the certification. No one's ever heard of it and no one cares. That's that's not a good use of my time. That's not a good use of students' time. So, I mean, you know, us continuing to push that and um, has been valuable and it's always awesome to have uh, tell those stories and have those former students come back and say, hey, yeah, no, this is, this isn't just something Mr. Noobles telling you that you should do. This actually like connects to the real world. And when you go out and ask for a job from somebody and you show up and, you know, you have a higher level certification than a lot of their employees, they take notice. Uh, I know we're running out of time. So just wanted to, uh, any final thoughts, Ben, that we, that you wanted to, to mention that we may not have asked you. Um, just that, you know, this is something that I feel you know, there's a lot of teachers out there that feel very passionate about this and that are working very hard for the next generation of students that are designers and engineers. And, you know, honestly, they're going to have jobs that don't, you know, the titles don't exist right now. And, you know, you know, with all the challenges we're going through in the world, just to see the passion of some of the students and their ability to overcome and adapt, especially this last year, I'm very optimistic for the future because there's a lot of students out there that um, in high school right now that are, you know, passionate about, you know, all these types of things and, you know, are going to do great things. And, you know, I'm a little jealous of some of the opportunities they're going to get, but I'm, I feel very, you know, you know, you know, What's the word I'm looking for? Optimistic. Hopeful for the future. Yeah, optimistic yeah. for how things are going to go, just based upon you know some of the passion of my students are having and what I'm seeing from um, other students in the state or around the nation. That you know, we're all been going through a lot of stuff, and I feel like you know students have had a hard time, but they've uh, come through, and you know we're starting to see a little bit of daylight, and things are starting to open up here and uh, you know i'm just very optimistic for the future at this point oh well that's good to hear that's good to hear uh, I, I love that message that's a great final message there um and thanks for what you do ben this is great stuff and uh, i hope I hope more parents and teachers get involved and I, I know there's a lot that are passionate out, out there but um you know maybe parents and local businesses could help out schools in their area uh that'd be a great opportunity oh, for here yeah absolutely, absolutely. i mean when available get into the schools and find out you know what the teachers need and what you can do to help because that's the future workforce right there exactly thanks for listening today and if you're looking for software that might help children get started in design check out SOLIDWORKS apps for kids to learn more go to swapsforkids.com that's swapsforkids.com we also offer many great resources for education. Check them out at SolidWorks.com education. We'll be back again soon with more great Born to Design podcast stories at SolidWorks.com podcast or wherever podcasts are readily available. Until then, keep innovating.
I really hope that what you heard today has inspired you. If you enjoyed it, head on over to iTunes, search for the Born to Design podcast, and please leave us a five-star review so that this podcast will be recommended to more people, helping us expand the Born to Design community. Thank you.